happen that we're not prepared for, we don't see coming, 
just happen. We're in a process with the Lord. Sanctification process. And he's trying to bring about something in our hearts and in our lives. And most of the time, we don't always understand or see the end goal because we can only see what's happening right now in that current moment. But the Lord is after our faith. It's to purify our faith. If it doesn't purify your faith, then it's not, that's not the intended goal of the Lord. A lot of times, situations and circumstances come. And we think that the Lord is trying to do a certain thing, and He's really not. He's after our faith, to purify our faith, because we're a mixture between faith in what Christ has accomplished for us and faith in everything else. Most of the time we focus on acts of sin. That's what the Lord's trying to purify me from, acts of sin. That is a byproduct of purifying your faith. Because it's your faith that's messed up. It's your faith that's so divided that acts of sin actually stem from that. You, you think that something else will address your problem instead of what Christ has already done. So you'll turn to other things. Whatever they are, doesn't matter. We're going to sing the song again. Things happen in this life that we're just not ready for. And he's trying to get us to trust and believe, not just in him in general, but in what he's already accomplished for you through Christ at the cross.
right into it. So if you will turn to Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. We're going to start in verse 1 and I'm going to read through verse 12. And we'll be focusing on verses 11 and 12. So when you're there say Amen. Matthew chapter 3, starting in verse 1, says, In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent you, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare you the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And the same John had his raiment of camel's hair and a leather girdle about his loins, and his meat was locusts and wild honey. Then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth therefore fruits meet for repentance. And think not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham. To our Father, for I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the tree. Therefore, every tree which brings not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who comes after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire, whose fan is in his hand. And he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning, Lord God. We thank you for the moving and operation of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for your word. and Thank you for everything that we have in Christ, Lord. Every benefit that you've provided for us, Lord, in the new covenant. Lord, we thank you for that. 
Father, we just ask that you have your way this morning, Father God. Let the teacher come. Let the preacher come, Lord God, the person of the Holy Spirit. Lord, that I might decrease and that you might increase, Father God. Prepare our hearts, Lord, to hear what the Spirit is saying, Father. Let nothing that's of the flesh come out, Lord, but only that which is of you, Father God. Lord, just have your way, Father. Let your perfect will be done, Father. Let there be a demonstration of the Holy Spirit in this place. And everybody said, Amen and Amen. Let's just get right to verse 11. We don't have a lot of time, but that's, that's fine. We're, we're going to cover this and we're going to get it done. So verse 11 says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who comes after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So right here, John is basically comparing his ministry, his baptism to that which Christ will perform and what he's kind of saying really is that if you all gather to this and you think this is something special, then wait until you see what the one following me will do. Yeah. If you think this is great, honey, you ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah, come on. Because my baptism is only a symbol and a type of what is going to take place in the heart and in the life of each person that places their faith in the Messiah, in Christ. This is just a symbol and a type. So if you think the symbol is great, you think the type is great, right. wait till you see the one who will fulfill every symbol, every type. Yeah. You ain't seen nothing yet. Amen. Come, on. Come on. That's kind of the idea in a nutshell, basically what John is saying. I baptize with water. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to submerge you into water. He's going to submerge you into the person of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My goodness. And then the Holy Spirit has a work to carry out in each one of our hearts and lives. That's what we're going to focus on this morning. It's called sanctification. It's the longest part of the salvation experience. Salvation or justification is an instant. Right in the beginning, you place your faith in Christ and boom, you are cleansed by the blood of Jesus and you are justified just as if you have never sinned. Amen. The Lord baptizes you into his son. That you're placed into Christ. That when God looks at you, he doesn't see you. He sees his son, Jesus, who is perfect. Right. Which means when he looks at you, if you're in Christ, you're saved, you're justified. When he looks at you, he sees his son, Jesus. Amen. And he sees you as though you're already in a glorified state. Yes. Somebody yes. say yes. praise God. Yes. Glory God. Because in the sanctification process, things get real ugly. That's true. Some things come out that I don't want to see, you don't want to see, but it's going to come out because it's there. Right. So if justification isn't a thing, I am hopeless. Right, right. But praise God it is that we're justified. Mm. 
So you got justification in an instant, glorification in an instant. And in between that, you have sanctification <laughs> your whole life. <laughs> sanctification process. And the Holy Spirit's job is to carry that out in your heart and in your life. Some work needs to be done. Still needs to be done. A building can be condemned, but it's not complete until it's torn down and cleaned up. But yet, that's why that building's condemned. What's going to happen? Well, it's going to be torn down. It's going to be cleaned up. But right now, it's condemned. So really, it's basically like it's not even there right now because nobody can use it. It's unusable. It's already condemned. Sin in your flesh, in your body, is already condemned. But there's still the process. Sanctification. Because it may be condemned, but it doesn't mean it's not still. I'm still going to see it. I'm not perfected yet. I have a position of perfection, but I don't have a condition of perfection. Yes. Right. That's right. So the Lord's trying to take my condition and bring it up to my position that I have in Christ. And that's a lifelong process. And you will never reach the end until you are glorified. Right. Okay. So let's go to verse 12. It says, Whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. So now we see an example of the threshing floor. And that that's the process. That's, welcome to the process of sanctification. We are each on the threshing floor. Yeah. And there's no way around it. You can try every way you want. To not have to go through the threshing floor because it's not a fun process. You can try anything you want to go around it. You can even make it really spiritual. And you won't be getting around the threshing floor. Bad English. Good preaching. Amen. There's no way around it. You can confess all you want, but you'll be on the threshing floor. It's going to happen. It is, it is the Lord's plan. There's no way around it, so just buckle up and get ready. But it's a good process. It's painful, but it's a good process, a needed process, a fruitful process if we go the right way. Right. So this is the work of the Holy Spirit outlined. It's going to take place in the heart of each life, the heart and life of every believer. That's the biggest thing in your heart. It's the biggest thing. In your heart, this is going to take place. You can clean the out all you want. But it's the heart that the process really has to take place. Yeah. That's why you can be, you can on the outside, you can look like the Pharisee. Who looked like, dude, that is holiness. Oh my goodness. That is righteousness and holiness. They look so good. They're in the church pew every Sunday morning. 
Sunday evening, Wednesday, every time the door's open, they're there. They got such a great, they've always prayed. They're the best dressed. I've never heard them say a cuss word. They're always nice to people, too. I mean, just sweet. Just so sweet. They're always helping people, doing everything that we would say is, well, oh, that's Christianity. And on the inside, be totally consumed with themselves. That everything they do is all about self. And they really don't trust what Christ has done. They actually trust in what they do. Right. But on the outside, we humans, uh, we're deceived because we can't see the heart. Right. But the Lord is not deceived. He's not, he's not so much focused on what's going on on the outside as much as he is what's in the heart. Right. What your faith is in, in your heart. That's why when certain circumstances come our way, they crush us. Right. And you feel like you're bleeding out in your heart. Certain things that I wanted to happen, and they just didn't happen. And I felt disappointed and just, ah, so, uh, ah. And I felt crushed. And I just felt like I was bleeding out in the heart. Lord, what are you trying to show me? Son, I'm trying to show you that your faith is in the wrong thing. Right. Oh, you mean you're not trying to show me that I need a greater prayer life? Than I, no, no, no. Your faith is in the wrong thing. Get your faith in the right thing and you'll have a better prayer life. Right. Amen. Tell me about it. Get your faith in the right thing and you'll be running to my word, That's it. son. That's it. Get your faith in the right thing. Your faith is in the wrong thing. Your faith is so divided. That's why you know the prayer life's not what you, what it should be, or what you think it should be, or what you want it to be, because your faith is so divided. We we approach everything the wrong way. Well, I need a better prayer life, so I need to get disciplined. I need to read books about. No, you need your faith is in the wrong object. That's why the prayer life doesn't exist. And I can sit up here and preach a message about prayer and hammer it home and you'll walk out the door and feel so convicted and you'll be setting up a way to get a better prayer life. But it's only going to last a certain amount of time because you didn't address the real issue, the real problem, which Come is on. that your faith is in something else. Which is why you don't really think you need a prayer life. Because, after all, you got it. The song set... Lord, I can handle, I thought I could handle whatever comes my way. Right. Until it came my way and I figured out that I was operating in the flesh. My faith is in something else. And I really wasn't depending upon you. Now, don't get me wrong. If your faith is in Christ and the threshing floor comes, you still going to feel it. <laughs> We're human beings, right? We're not invincible. Right. We understand the sanctification process is a must, but we don't always understand God's end, end goal. We say <clears throat> Christ's likeness, which most of the time we interpret as less acts of sin, which is a byproduct of pure faith. But really, the thing that you do not have the most of that Christ had totally is total faith and dependence in God. Right, yeah. right. If you look at the temptation of Christ in the wilderness, 
you'll see that play out very well. Satan comes to him and says, you have a need, you've been fasting for 40 days. You got a legitimate need, right? You're hungry. Well, why don't you go ahead and just turn these stones into bread? Why don't you meet your need? Use your deity to meet the need that you currently have. And he said, man shall not live by bread alone. What was he saying? First of all, my father didn't tell me to do that. And I'm not going to step out of the revealed will of God for my yeah. life. Right, right. Raise your hand if you passed that test. Put your hand down if you put it. Nobody put it up. <laughs> because we have it. We have it. We've all, every single one of us has stepped out of the revealed will of God. We did something that God didn't necessarily say do, but he didn't answer us and we thought we needed the answer, so we just went ahead and... Yeah. That's good. But he didn't do that because he trusted his father. Right. He trusted. I'm probably not going to get these in Another temptation. Satan shows him all the kingdoms of the world, or basically the kingdoms of the world, and says, "You just if you bow to me, I'll give you all of this. You just bow and worship me, I'll give you all of this." He didn't do it. He said that worship, worship God, the Lord your God. Yeah, thank you, the Lord your God only. Jesus was going to get right. the kingdoms. It was his. Right. But he had to do the work. But it was, was going to be his. Here's a shortcut to get right, right. what the Lord has for you. Here's a shortcut. Right. We've all failed that one. Now, I trust my father completely. Another one is he takes him up to the top of the temple, and he actually quotes the word of God to Jesus, because Satan will do that. Right. He'll take scripture and twist it and get you to use it in an improper way. Doesn't his word say that he'll protect you that he won't even let your foot right. strike a stone basin. I'm probably saying that for a long but And he said, Thou shalt not tempt right. the Lord your God. I'm not going to take something that is in the Word of God and say, Prove it. Right. Yeah. Lord, you said you'd provide for me, so prove it. And I'm going to. I'm going to make a move that puts you in a position to where you either have to prove your word or you don't prove it. Lord, you said you'd protect me, so I'm just going to live how I want to live. And you said you'll protect me. We've all failed out. 
we're a mixture of faith in Christ and what he's done and faith in self or other things. That's right. Verse 12 says, whose fan is in his hand? Well, let me talk about the threshing floor. So the threshing floor is basically this big rock where they would take all the grain, the wheat, and they put it on this rock. And then they pull an ox cart over the grain to separate the grain, the wheat, from the chaff, the husks, because they had to be separated. So then this ox cart would be pulled over and basically crush it to where the wheat is separated from the grain. And then after that, they'd take a pitchfork, if there wasn't any wind, they would take a pitchfork, throw it in the air, and someone would have a fan to blow the husk away from the wheat because the husk was actually lighter than the grain, the wheat. So the wheat being heavier would fall down and then the husk would be blown to the side and then it would actually be burned with fire. Well, that's the process that we're all in, in our hearts. That we're going to be put on the threshing floor and then an ox cart, situations and circumstances take place in our hearts and in our lives that crush us. And it's because you're being sanctified. Your faith is being purified. Right. But this has to happen because the flesh doesn't separate from the spirit easily. Right. The spirit being the grain, the wheat, and the flesh being the chaff, right. the husks. They don't separate easy, but that's the process that we're in because we're a mixture of spirit and flesh. Everything that's of the spirit points you to Christ and what he's done for you already. Everything of the flesh will point to you or anything right. other than that. That's right. Good. So God's trying to get you to have pure faith in what he's provided for you in Christ. What Christ has done for you, pure faith. In that, that's of the spirit. He's trying to get there to just be that and not flesh. Right. But flesh dies hard. Right. Because when the flesh dies, we die. Yeah, that's true. And that's just not fun. Because after all, life's all about me. Lord, can't you see that I'm in pain? Lord, this hurts. Lord, this isn't hard. I mean, this is hard. Lord, this isn't comfortable. Right. Newsflash. This world is not your home. Right. You don't need to be getting comfortable anyway. Come on now. God's not interested in that. He's interested in purifying your faith. Because without that, you perish forever. Right. But so you can have pure faith and not have any comforts in this world like Lazarus. Right. And you'll make it. Yes. So what's most important? Yes. Come on. We don't always act like that, though. So we're in the purging process, the sanctification process. We're on the rock, the threshing floor, and the circumstance of life that the Lord decided to allow to use to purge us is the ox car rolling over us. So the, the end goal from the Lord is to remove the flesh 
So you're not, you're not dependent upon other things. You're not dependent upon things that you do or do not do for your righteousness. Yes, because on. you already have it in Christ. Come yeah. on now. Come on. Yes. And the Spirit's going to point you to that. Right. That's it. That you don't depend on other things for your joy. Because you already have it in Christ. Right. That you don't depend on other things for peace. Because you already have it yes. in Christ. Glory. That you don't depend on other things for salvation because you already have it in Christ. That you don't go your own way, your will, for your life. Because you've been bought with a price. You are not your own. He has a will for you. That's the most important thing. His will. The flesh is everything other than Christ. Yeah. If it's not faith in Christ, if it's not dependence in Christ and what he's done for you, what he has accomplished is flesh. Most of the time we, we, we don't see flesh for what it is. We deceive ourselves. Oh, that's not, especially if it's religious flesh. Oh, no, 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 that's that. The Spirit told me, the Lord told me to do that. If it doesn't point you to Calvary, that's not the Spirit of God. Romans 8 says, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus set me free from the law of sin and death. That is how the Holy Spirit works. The Holy Spirit works within the confines of the parameter of what Christ did at Calvary. Yes. So you place your faith there and you'll have the help of the Holy Spirit. You place your Come faith on. in anything else, you're on your own. Come on. Right. Right. And if you want to stand upon any work or whatever you, your performance on what you do or do not do, then you're going to have to stand on the whole body of it, right. not just that one thing that you want to pick out. That's yeah, right. That's true. Amen. Well, I've never, I've never cussed. Okay, well, you can't just stand on that because you lied before. So if you, if you want to take that and place it before the Lord, if you want to take that filthy rag and you want to place it before the Lord, then you will have to take the whole body of work. So it's either that or you can have what Christ did for you. Right. By faith. That's your choice. Flesh or the spirit. What do you want? Flesh or the spirit. The flesh will be burned up. Yes, it will. Either then or right now. So you might as well just let it happen now. Just let it go. The things that we hold on to that we think that we need, just let it go. Just let it go. It's actually robbing you. Right. Another portion of scripture that Jesus talked about, which addresses the same thing, purging, is that a, a, a tree basically bears fruit, but there are vines on that tree that we would refer to as suckers. That if you don't prune those, right. it prevents the tree from bearing more fruit right. because the sucker actually steals nutrients. Right. And if you don't need it, it's pointless. Now, it may look pretty because a lot of suckers are flowers. So it may look good, but it actually prevents more fruit right. from being born. Right. Because it's that pretty flower is sucking, is robbing nutrients 
Your pretty religion is robbing right. you trees. Come on, right. oh, come on. It's, it's stealing, killing, and destroying what you could have in Christ. Right. That the fruit that would be born in... Uh, one day I'm going to preach this message. <laughs> the spies go into the... They, they get sent to spy out the promised land. The promised land is everything that we have in Christ. So they get, the spies go, and of course we know 10 said, no, heck no, no way. <laughs> and two said, oh yeah, we, we got this. The Lord has already given it to us. Right. And the, but the, the part I want to focus on is the fruit from the promised land. Yeah. They said the fruit was so big they had to carry it on a, a stick, basically. In Christ. The fruit of the Spirit is so big. Yeah, come on. In Christ, the fruit of the that's what you want. Yes. yes. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, long-suffering. We, we can listen. Mm -hmm. The fruit of the Spirit, that is so much bigger right. in the promised land. You mean yes. in Christ? Yeah, in Christ. Yeah. Yes. You just That's grab it. a hold of what you have in Christ and you live there and you let them prune off the suckers, the things that rob you, your religion, your righteousness, what you think matters. That's right. it. Come on now. And you let him just perk. Well, you don't need that, son. You don't need that. You don't need that. You don't need confession. Now, I'm not talking about confession as far as Lord I've sinned. I'm talking about confession to gain something. Right. You don't need that. You don't need the law because the only thing the law is going to do is condemn you because you can't keep it. That's true. Right. And in Christ, you're set free from that. So why would you go back? That's it. Under law, condemnation. Under Christ, under the new covenant, what we have in Christ, justification. Yeah. They're total opposites. You can't have both. But we try to live in both. Because we want to hold on to the flesh. Because the flesh makes me feel good. The flesh makes me feel like I'm doing something for the Lord. That I'm somehow contributing. And praise the Lord, my performance is much better than so and so. Yeah. But God's not really interested in that. He's interested in what your faith is in. Right. You could have what looks like a great performance for the Lord, just like the Pharisees, but on the inside, your faith is not in Christ. Yeah, that's true. Right. And you'll say, depart from me, I never knew you. Right before it says that the axe is laid to the root of the tree. Now, the context is Israel. That the axe was laid to the root of Israel because they weren't bearing fruit and they didn't repent like John was preaching. They didn't repent and turn from their wrong way, which was their wrong object of faith. Because after all, they wanted a Messiah that was a conquering Messiah. Yeah. But they didn't repent from that way. That's right. That's right. So because they didn't repent, the axe, the, the idea is that the axe was already laid at the tree for some while. For, for some time, the axe was already at the root of the tree. Just waiting for the Lord to say, all right. In the body of Christ, in Christian, Christian, Christian dumb, the axe
axe is laid at the root of the tree. getting ready to say cut it down because it's not bear fruit because we got faith in everything we got like 80 denominations but there's one faith that's it one faith one baptism come on one lord yes come on but we we got so many different denominations because really that's flesh that we really like to hold on to so many people, you, oh, you saved, you're born again, well, I'm Baptist, I didn't ask that. Ask if you're saved and born again, not what denomination you hang on to or what do you stick with. But we actually think that it matters that much. The only thing that matters is what you believe. Right. Now, if you're in a denomination that believes error, see, the focus is what you believe, not what you belong to. If it was about what you belong to, then Israel would be saved. That, right. That's true. Because they were hand chosen. I know that for a fact. They were hand chosen. And even with Israel, you didn't get saved by what you belong to. That's true. You got saved by what you believe. So if it didn't if it doesn't work for Israel, what makes us think that it would work for anything else? Who we have no proof and evidence of. But Israel we do. They were legitimately. And chosen. And John even pointed out here. You don't think you're saved because you belong to Abraham. God's able to raise up children of Abraham of these stones. Well, praise God, that would be you, Gentiles. Yeah. That's us. That's right. And he did it. Yes, he yeah. did. Because the axe was at the root of the tree. And they didn't bear fruit. Now one day, praise God, they will. Yes, amen. Sometimes in this, sometimes in this process, it, like I said before, it's so it's very painful to where we we do really feel like I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to survive. Because whatever happens hurts so bad. And we don't, know, we don't know that our faith was in something else. And say this because it's very, very important. Your faith is in Christ and the cross. If it wasn't, you couldn't be saved. Right. That's true. So it is. The problem is we're a mixture. It's not that you don't have any faith in Christ and the cross. It's not that you don't have any faith in that. You do. Otherwise, you can't be saved. The problem is, we're all, we are all a mixture. I have faith in Christ and what he's done for me. And I also have it in other things. Even though I don't know it yet. Right. right. And that will be revealed to me uh, on the threshing floor. Right. Right. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. He has to show me. Right. That's why it's the work. It's brought about by the Holy Spirit because he's the only one that can show you. Right. And your faith is in something other. Right. And if you hang on to that, it's going to rob from you. Yeah. Remember, Ishmael was a work of the flesh, and Ishmael would have killed Isaac. That's true. Because the two cannot coexist. That's why there's always a war between the flesh and the spirit, because one of them has to go. 
You choose to cling to the flesh, the spirit will go. You choose to cling to the spirit, the flesh got to go. Right. They can't coexist. That's why Ishmael had to go. Right. Got to go. Because if he stays, Isaac won't make it. We're going to be faced with this the rest of our lives. You might not know the things, you might not know what's flesh in you. That's okay. Neither do I. Until the Lord reveals it to me. Yeah. But he, when he does reveal it to me, I want to be ready to let it go. Right. And not feel like i got to hold on to it. That's what makes it so painful most of the time because we, we fight to hang on. Because the flesh means a lot to us. Yeah. Because it appeals to self. My way, what I think is right, I definitely don't want somebody telling me that I'm wrong. Because after all, I've been doing this for... You may have never said it, but you thought. I thought. We, see, we're all in the same boat. That's right. The heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know? Yeah. So if I see some flesh in you, just on the threshing floor and I'm not going to be coming at you right? because I'm going to be on the threshing floor myself and which means you're probably going to see some things so instead I'll choose to see you through the lens of Calvary yes. which says that you're in Christ Jesus that you're justified that and that it. even though right now that looks ugly and that's flesh you're in Christ you have his righteousness that's, that's how it. God sees you so that's how I'll see you yes thank you Jesus that's the right approach that's love yeah. yeah that's right it's the same thing for me you can ask my wife who lives with me they got some flesh <laughs> I'm a work in progress Lord's not through with me yet. That's it. And he promised that he's going to complete that That's which he started. Yes. Hallelujah. If you don't quit, God won't quit. If you haven't got the victory in a certain area, don't quit. Keep believing. Keep believing that what Christ did was enough. That's of the Spirit. Don't, don't go the way of the flesh that takes it into your own hands and says, well, I've got to do to get the victory. You've got to believe. To get the victory. Just believe. Amen. Just believe. Sanctification. It's so painful at times. But it's so needful. And at the end of it all, it's not just enough for the flesh to just be put to the side. Yeah. It's got to be burned. Because we love the flesh that much. I wish it wasn't like that. But it is. 
that it's all Jesus. None of me. Yeah. Man, what'd you do to get saved? I believe. Yeah. Jesus died for me. Man, how do you know that you're forgiven? Because Jesus shed his blood for me. So you didn't have to do anything. I didn't have to do anything but believe in my yes. heart. Thank you. I believed. Because I believed, the Holy Spirit made it real to me. Because I believed, the Holy Spirit made it real to me. And that's why I can say my sins are gone. They're all gone. Hallelujah. Because the Holy Spirit takes what Christ has done and makes it real in, to me, which is what I need the most. Because when I struggle with a sin or whatever, Christ has already defeated it. So if I look there, then the Holy Spirit energizes that in my heart and in my life. I say, Jesus already did it. And the Holy Spirit says, yes, he did. And let me make it real to you. And then as it's made real to me, guess what falls off? The act. So it's more about what your faith is in. If you go another way, the way of the flesh, that won't happen. You'll set out, you're already struggling with a, a sin, whatever. So you set out to get rid of it. Remember, you set out to get rid of it. Well, I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast. We make it religious. I'm going to pray and I'm going to fast. And I'm even going to pray and fast that the Lord give me strength. And then through that, the victory will come. The Lord doesn't owe you anything. And he's, you're not going to tie his hands to where you basically force him to do something because you work for it. Oh, that's true. And that's really what we're saying. Lord, by fasting and praying, you should give me this victory. Mm. Doesn't know you anything. And that's not his plan. That's not how he set it up. But we work for it, and then it's not really grace because grace is free. That's it. Unmerited favor. You didn't do anything to get it. So then, if you get the victory over that act of sin for a certain period of time, then all of a sudden, Oh, man, things are doing much better. What'd you do? Well, I prayed and fasted. Oh, you. Come on now. I prayed and fasted, and then the Lord did. Now, that's not how it works. That is unscriptural. Scripture says, believe, and he'll do. If I believe in what Christ has done for me, that he's already defeated this sin, that it's condemned in the flesh already, right. that he's already taken care of it, and that I don't have to do it. That I'm been delivered from it already. In Christ, I'm delivered from it. Then the Holy Spirit is going to make that real to me. And then when the temptation comes, it has no effect. Well, what would you do? I didn't do anything. Christ did it. Yes. Christ did it, did it for me. Christ already died to give me the victory. I did absolutely nothing to gain it. Right. Except believe in what he's already done. Right. That 
is the way of the spirit. The way of the flesh is anything else. So in sanctification, the, the biggest thing I want you to remember is that in the sanctification process, which we are all in, the Lord is more focused on purifying your faith. Yes. So when circumstances come, trials, tribulations, things that are painful, they come. Remember that that's the end goal for God. Yes. That it's not, it's not just simply to show you his might and power. God is not egotistical. He doesn't need that. It's purify your faith. So when the trial comes, the situation comes, the circumstance comes, and it's really hard to see because we're hurting and broken and crushed because the ox cart just rolled over us. Now the end goal is to purify my faith. In this situation, although it may look like financial, although it may look like sickness, although it may look like all these different things, the real goal is to purify my faith. Right. Amen. That this is just what the Lord is using to show me that my faith is wrong. Right. That my faith is mixed. Lord, teach me. I experienced it through... In Bible college, through a situation and circumstance that was painful. And that was the whole goal for the Lord to show me. My faith was in other things for my joy, for my peace. for all. It was in other things, whether they did or didn't happen. And the Lord allowed for it to not happen. And it was hurting and crushing and I got frustrated and I didn't understand what was happening. Lord, what are you doing? I don't understand. Why do you hate me? These are all thoughts going through my head. You never had that thought? That's me. <laughs> because my faith was in the wrong thing. And because my faith was in the wrong thing, it was robbing from me. And I couldn't even see that the Lord loved me with all of his heart until I moved my faith from that thing to what Christ did at Calvary. When I moved it from that thing to the cross, I began to say, oh Lord, the Lord loves me. Before, over here, when I'm focused on the sucker, it was robbing from me. And it was making me believe things about God that weren't even true. Because my belief system was based off of what I'm seeing feeling and hearing instead of what Christ did for me. That's it. So if you're in a situation and circumstance it's just not going how you would like it to go, maybe the Lord's trying to purify your faith and actually show you that your faith is in something else. And that if you just, because he loves us, if you just move it on the right thing. Yes, hallelujah. If you just look at what I've already done for you, you'll find what you need. You'll find what you think you lack. You actually had it the whole time. You were just looking in the wrong place. Yeah. It was always there, but you were looking in the wrong place. And when you look in the right place, come yes. on, come on now. Hallelujah. When you look in the right place, that's it. Yes. That's it. You'll find everything that your heart longs for. Because you'll be longing for 
him. After all, he told Abraham, Abraham, get your eyes off of the promise. I am the promise. I, Abraham, I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. Abraham, it's me. It's not a son. Right. It's me, Abraham. Right. Right. He's everything. Everything that is not of Christ, everything that is not of Christ is the flesh. And it's going to burn up. There's no way around it, brushing. if you understand this and you grab a hold to it, the process will be a bit faster. Because now you know what God's trying to accomplish, which means you don't fight as hard. Right. You surrender. Right. And you're not afraid to admit, eh, my faith is in something else. I'll just go ahead and admit it. Lord, forgive me. Help me. back to what he's done and you just keep doing that keep doing that amen uh, if we can uh, Ben if we can do that song again <clears throat> while they're coming up uh, if you, you you got the freedom if you want to come spend time with the Lord Don't be afraid. There is sometimes there's a you don't really see it in just reading other scriptures, but most of the people when they went to see John, they did it publicly. And they admitted that they were lost and they were sinners. They did it publicly, but the Pharisees, there's some evidence that the Pharisees attempted to do it privately. Because after all, they had a position. Uh, that they needed to they needed to keep it if people found out that they weren't really that righteous oh don't be Pharisee don't have that mindset we're, we're all in the same process and in Christ you're perfect you, you already have the righteousness of Christ right now so don't be afraid come up, spend time with the Lord. And just because you come up here doesn't mean that something's wrong. You can just spend time with the Lord. There's nothing better than being at His feet. So if you want to come to the office, you want to spend time with the Lord, it's between you and the Lord. It's not between you and any other man or woman. Just you and the Lord. At the end, that's all it's ever going to be. Just you and the Lord. You'll stand before his judgment seat, not anybody else's. And you won't stand with anybody else either. You stand by yourself. So just spend time with him. If it's something you need to make it right, make it right with him. Who cares what people see or don't see? Who cares? He already knows and sees everything. They're going to sing this song again.
Oh 
with me, please. I hope you got as much out of that word as I did. Pray the Lord met you today where you are. you, but I see a lot of mixed faith in my own life, but I'm so thankful that he's got me, he's working on me, that he that has begun a good work in me and you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ, amen, until the day that we are glorified, he justified us, and he will glorify us, we go through the process together. Amen. One thing I heard from him today as he was ministering is that we're all in the same boat, which means that we also show grace to each other. I'm thankful for the grace that you show me. I'm thankful for the grace that you show each other. I believe that you do that well. It's a reflection of Christ in you. But I want you to know that we have an enemy out there. That enemy is always working. And sometimes we don't appreciate the grace of God in our life enough is because we don't recognize not only the enemy from without, but the enemy from within. We don't really realize just how bad that old flesh is. So we don't recognize how great the grace of God is really is in our life and I want to challenge you this week as the Lord really bears down on you from this message and I believe he will to recognize the grace of God working in your life every day because it is and that even in the pain it's his grace working on you that we all grow and learn to trust him better because it's true, it takes a mountain sometimes. It takes a desert to be able for God to be able to work what he wants to work in us. But he is working it, and he will work it, and it's worth it. Amen. It is worth it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Brother Danny, would you close prayer for us today, please? Father, we thank you again for the privilege we've had to gather together in your house to worship, to praise, and Lord God, to hear from you, and Lord God, we just ask you for encouragement, we thank you for that encouragement, we thank you, Lord, for the blessing that you bestow upon us, and Lord God, be with us as we leave this house, and may every word that was spoken this morning by Brother Tanner, Lord God, that it'll resonate within our spirit, man, Lord God, and Father, that we'll draw closer and closer to you, Lord God, that we'll launch out into that deep, to and, Lord God, we'll find, Lord God, that those mountains will become as plains, Lord God. Yes. Father, those troubled seas will become calm as can be. And, Lord God, those deserts, Lord God, will become watering places where that we can find you and find strength in you. And, Lord God, we give you praise this morning as we leave. Bring us back again as we worship you this week. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Amen.